0: That's too much. That was really loud. And <laughs> my original mic, David. All right, what a way to start preaching. All right, woo! All right, so Proverbs chapter two. I apologize for people online; we had a little technical issue there. So we're going to start reading in verse one. We're going to read the whole chapter. It's a little bit long, so if you need to sit down, uh, please do so. So Proverbs chapter two, starting in verse one. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom. And inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of their ways, or delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress in her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For none who go to her come back, nor do they regain the past of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out. Please be seated. In Casey's very first sermon on Proverbs... He reminded us of exactly how we should read this book. He said that Proverbs is wisdom and not law. And I think it's important for every time that we open the book of Proverbs, we remember this. Because so many people look at it as just a list of promises. If I do this certain thing, I'm promised an outcome. But we can look around in this world and see that life doesn't work like this. Sometimes the diligent hand does not actually prosper. Sometimes you train up a child, and unfortunately, they depart from the way they should go. Sometimes righteous men and women don't have long lives. As Casey put it, Proverbs is about principles, not promises. So, as we continue in our study today, I want to take a look at three words that you're going to see over and over and over again in Proverbs that's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. When we think of knowledge, we generally think of information or facts. It's our ability to remember and access information. Understanding relates to meaning and principles. Our ability to reason and make use of the knowledge that we've gathered. On the other hand, wisdom is all about actions and application. It's what we do with the knowledge and understanding that we have. Casey worded it well in 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 his last three sermons. He said, wisdom is the righteous application of true knowledge. And this is what Solomon wanted his son to seek after. Knowledge and understanding are great things. But wisdom is what ties them together and makes them useful. Without wisdom, knowledge and understanding mean absolutely nothing. So as we start with chapter 2 this week. We'll see another plea from Solomon to his son in verse one. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. So Solomon starts this with a plea with eight ifs, eight conditional statements for receiving wisdom. He says, Receive my words, treasure up my commandments. Make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your ear to understanding, call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding, seek it like silver, and search for it like hidden treasure. We can sum up these eight statements into two conditions, I believe. The first is just listen and accept wisdom. The second is to actively seek wisdom out. So we break this up and we say the first condition, listen and accept wisdom. That includes to receive my words, treasure up my commandments, make your ear attentive to wisdom, and incline your heart to understanding. We'll see this idea all over the book of Proverbs. Listen, listen, my son, listen to your mother, listen to my commandments, listen, 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 over and over again. But where does this knowledge and understanding and wisdom come from? If we skip ahead just a little bit to verse six, Solomon tells us, it says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding It's the words of God. That is where we find wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Solomon's plea to his son is to listen to the words of God, to treasure them, to apply them. It's not enough for Solomon's son just to know the words of God. He must treasure them and apply them to his life. If you would turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 beginning at verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he's like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This takes work on our part. And it's not a task that we can do just sitting here listening to a sermon once a week or attending a weekly Bible study. In order to take in knowledge and gain understanding and seek after wisdom, it's going to take us being in the word daily. It's going to take regular and diligent study. It's going to take meditating on what you read, applying what you learn. You don't like this. It's going to take discipleship and accountability. It takes humility and it takes prayer. And these things should lead us to the second condition that Solomon lists out. To actively seek wisdom. He encourages his son to call out for insight. To raise his voice for understanding. Seek wisdom like silver. Search for it like hidden treasures. In the first chapter of Proverbs, Solomon writes that wisdom herself, she cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city... Gate, she speaks. How long, O oh, simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Wisdom cries aloud in the streets, but she demands a response. If we refuse to listen to wisdom, she tells us what happens if we keep going on in verse 23 of Proverbs 1. She says, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one is heeded because you have ignored all of my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then, then they will call upon me but I will not answer. They will seek me diligent, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Solomon calls his son to cry out for insight, to raise your voice to understanding. In James chapter 1, James writes, if any of you lacks wisdom, just let him ask God. That's it. Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Solomon goes on to say, seek wisdom like silver and search for it like hidden treasure. This is not a picture of some passive activity. This is not telling his son to sit there and wait for treasure or silver to find him. Solomon paints a picture here in just a very few words. He paints a picture of a man that packs up his tools, that travels to a distant land. He does backbreaking work to search for ore. He crushes rocks to find that precious element, and then he slaves over a fire to refine his ore over and over and over again to produce the purest of silver. A man does this because he knows the value of what he's seeking. In his eyes, the labor is worth it to obtain that treasure. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus taught the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great price, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went out and sold all that he had bought. In both of these parables, the men placed such a great value on what they had found that they sold everything they had to obtain it. Solomon's plea to his son was listen and accept wisdom. Hear it when she cries out. Take her word. Treasure it. Take them to heart and seek to apply them. Seek it out. Cry out for wisdom. Cry out for understanding. Seek it like silver or a treasure. Just be willing to do the hard work to actually go obtain it. But why would we do this? Why work this hard? Solomon answers it in verse 5 through 8 of our text because we've had these conditional statements, if you'll listen and accept it, if you'll seek it out, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Just if you receive my words, You treasure up my commandments. Make your ear attentive. Incline your heart. Call out for wisdom. Seek it. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Listen and accept wisdom. Actively seek it out. Do these things and you will begin to understand the fear of the Lord. Solomon has pleaded with his son to listen, to treasure, to seek wisdom in his life. And he begins in verse 9 to show just how valuable that wisdom can really be. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. He continue, continues in verse 16 saying, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God for her house sinks down to death and her past to departed. None who go to her come back, nor will they regain the path of life. Proverbs always talks about two paths in life. You have the path of the wise or the path of the righteous and the path of the fool or the path of the wicked. True wisdom helps us stay on the path of the righteous. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, discretion, they watch over you if you fear the Lord. Wisdom delivers us from the way of the wicked. Solomon ends his discourse with a summary of the value of wisdom. He said, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the Righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Casey said in his very first sermon that wise men and women are difficult to find today. Why is that? Why is it so hard to find wise men and women in our church today? Just what we've been through. It seems like a simple process. Fear the Lord. Listen to wisdom, seek it out, and God will provide it. God has stores of wisdom for those that seek it. And James, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. So why are our churches not filled to capacity with wise men and women? Well, Scripture tells us in Proverbs 1, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 28, and he said to man, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Psalm 111, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. So I'll ask again, why are our churches not filled to capacity with wise men and women? believe it's because too many don't know what it means to fear the Lord. Too many don't know what it means to fear the Lord. For unbelievers, God and his holiness should be a terrifying prospect. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Luke writes in his gospel, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who after he is killed has the authority to cast into hell. I tell you, fear him. If you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Christ and Christ alone for salvation, God and his holiness combined with sinfulness of man, that should be terrifying to you. Because the right and deserved punishment for our sin is death. But we have hope in the gospel. The son of God condescended and took on flesh. He did what none of us could do. He lived a perfect life. He claimed to be God and then proved it. By dying on a cross and raising three days later. And in doing this he paid the debt for sin. For those who repent and believe. Now this hope should lead us as believers to fear the Lord in a different and a better way. Hebrews 12, verses 28 and 29 say, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Gratitude, worship, reverence, awe, these are the things That our fear for the Lord should include. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. Beginning in verse 12. And now Israel. What does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God. To walk in all of his ways. To love him. To serve him to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart and love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them. You above all peoples, As you are this day, circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. And he loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. So love the sojourner, therefore. For you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Those that truly understand the fear of the Lord. They will seek to walk in his ways. They'll seek to keep his commandments. They'll seek to serve him with all of their heart and soul. Not when it's convenient, not when they feel like it, not when it benefits them, but they will seek to do these things at all times. Why are churches not filled capacity with wise men and women? Because far too often we love our sin more than we fear God. We love ourselves more than we fear God. We love our jobs, our money, our time, our entertainment, our things. We love these things more than we fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Understanding who God is should drive us to walk in his ways. It should drive us to keep his commandments. It should drive us to serve him with all of our heart and soul. And this is what Solomon is pleading with his son to do. Hear wisdom, treasure it, take it to heart and seek to apply it. Cry out for it, cry out for understanding, seek it as you would silver or a treasure. Be willing to do the hard work to obtain it. But the hard truth is, we know these things. We have knowledge of these things. We understand them, but far too often, we just simply don't want them. We're just fine at stopping short at knowledge and understanding. Too often we deceive ourselves into believing that knowing and understanding is wisdom. But you'll say, I pray for wisdom all the time. But do you really want it? Let's look back at verse 9 of our text. It says, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. We know that wisdom keeps us from these things. We understand it. We know that it keeps us from men, of, from men of perverted speech, from those that rejoice in doing evil. We know it. We understand it. But why is it that so many believers look like the rest of the world the second they walk out of these doors? Why is it so many believers seek just vile entertainment and movies and show that glorify lust and sin and sex and violence? I would argue that too many believers don't actually want that wisdom because it keeps them from the thing that they love more than they fear the Lord. We keep going in our text. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her path to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. We know that wisdom keeps us from falling into lust and adultery. So why is it so many believers find themselves struggling with adultery and pornography and lust? How many pastors have you read about that get caught up in these sins? Was it because they didn't have the biblical knowledge? Was it because they didn't understand what the scripture actually says on these topics? No. It's a lack of wisdom that takes believers down this path. It's loving these things more than we fear the Lord. Church family, hear me with this. We can we can listen to all the sermons. We can read all the theology books. We can read all the biographies of great theologians. We can spend all of our time together discussing and debating theology and doctrine. We can do all of these things, and these are good and right things. But we can do them for the rest of our lives and never find wisdom. So let us not deceive ourselves into thinking that these things equate to wisdom. Charles Spurgeon said that wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Say that again. Wisdom is the right use. Use of knowledge to know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So let's not make ourselves into knowing fools, but let us seek to turn what knowledge we have into Wisdom. Let us cry out to God for wisdom, that he'll keep us from the path of the wicked. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Knowing who he is, his holiness, his grace, his mercy, his justice, knowing these things should make us stand in awe and worship and reverence for who God is. It should make us strive to do what he commanded. We should be serving God with all of our heart and soul. These things are the beginning of wisdom. This is the treasure that Solomon wanted his son to find. This is what we should all desire over anything this world has to offer. So I'll urge us just as Solomon did to his son: Hear wisdom's cry, treasure up her words. Take them to heart and seek to apply them. Cry out for it. Cry out for understanding. Seek wisdom as you would silver or a treasure. Be willing to do the hard work that it takes to obtain wisdom. Make this the priority of your life. Please join me in prayer. Lord God, your word says that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We humbly pray this morning that you would grant us the desire to know you more. Give us a burning desire to walk in your ways, to keep your commandments, to serve you with all of our heart. Teach us to fear you more and more every day. Lord, change our desires from the things of this world to the knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom that you so freely give to those who seek it. Make it our life's mission to seek after wisdom and to glorify you. God, give us the desire to take the path of the wise and to hate the path of the foolish. We pray this in the precious name of your son. Amen. As our musicians come and prepare to lead us in one more song, I would ask you to take a few moments. Take time to confess your sins. Examine yourselves before we take the Lord's Supper.